everyone, and welcome back to She's All That Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1999 examination of popularity in high school, She's All That, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's minute 25, beginning with Zach awkwardly standing there and saying, how's it going, to the crowd of people out in the audience. And then I have it going through Zach kind of getting into his whole performance thing. Ugh. This is Forrest yes. Gump running to me. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. Mm. So, yeah. So, we start out with Zach on stage. And you know what? Like, I'm honestly pretty proud of him for rolling with this. Like, good for him. But, I mean, he's class president. She still seems to... Th- the th- one of the problems is that Lainey thinks that because he's pre- class president and popular... No, okay. What I'm about to say she's not necessarily wrong about, but that he is inherently uncultured, mm-hmm. stupid, mm-hmm. and easily scared. Yeah. But how many speeches has he made as class president? Yeah. Probably a lot. He's, he's- popular. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. He has, I guess unintentionally, made her think that she's getting him. But in reality, she's just given him a, you know, a a bit of a curveball, but like not one he can't hit. Right. He's used to being, like standing up and he's used to public speaking. Sure. He's... A smart guy. Yeah. He's a soccer star. Sure. So, like, he's he's used to all eyes on him in a number of different ways. Right. Not necessarily um, supportive eyes, like, you know, opposite team sort of situation. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, like, th- is this a curveball? Yes. But can he handle this? Also, yes. Like, yeah. But I have a question for you. Okay. Why do we think he goes along with this? Good. And that's a, that, and that is the key question of this scene, for sure. Because this is so early on in this bet process. And I don't remember what the terms of the bet were. Uh, if he doesn't make her prom queen, he is not a man. I think was the tenor of the... Yeah, let's see. Name the terms. I'll pick the girl. You got six weeks to turn into a prom queen. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, Dulé Hill interrupts them with the big Jimmy comment before they get to uh, wait the like the, the wager. Okay, so. so we don't know what the terms of the bet right, are. exactly. And as far as we're aware, Zach doesn't know what the terms of the bet are. As far as we're aware, winning the bet is the thing you win if you win the bet. Okay, so there's no reason for him to really care. Okay, right. Other than rising to a challenge. Sure. Stubborn, you know, you think you can get me sort of deal. Sure. Um, impress people. Keep on, don't let, you know, don't disappoint, you know, surprise people by being competent at things they don't expect, maybe. Sure, well, and I guess there probably is a... All these people are counting on you for this thing. Don't let them down element. Right. That that part of this performance he's about to give is like, about it's very that. much. Yeah. But 
Is there also an element, like, does he care what Lainey thinks about him? From a storytelling perspective, I want this to happen after a few more awkward attempts on his part to talk to her. Right. And her rebuffing him Mm -hmm. to where it, we can see him, like, I want to see him starting to be intrigued by this chick who wants nothing to do with him so that there's a reason for him to have not left four seconds into whatever this evening is. What you just described is 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. I actually forgot that you weren't talking about Heath Ledger in this moment. Like it is literally the beats of that movie where it's like a little bit of time where he's like, why am I doing this? And then he gets sort of pulled in. Right. Well, and and so the thing is, in 10 Things I Hate About You, he's doing it because he's getting paid to. Right. Right. He knows the terms of the, yeah. He knows the terms of the bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bet, but like he knows the terms. Contracts are sort of like like bets on paper. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But in this, like there is no reason for him to not have walked out after the first performance. Right. Because I, I have to imagine that at this point, he's been sitting through at least an hour, if not longer, of awkward performance art. Okay, that's my question. That was that was a question I forgot to ask at, early on. I was under the impression, and maybe I missed a cut of some sort, that Mitch's thing was the thing. And then that's I, it. See, I don't... There's no way, because Mitch's thing lasted two minutes. There's no way that that was the whole thing. But, like... He so had to have been, like, the closing act. When So when we see Freddie Prince Jr. for the first time at the Jersey... Jersey? Jester. The Jester. At the Jester. He has been sitting through some stuff already? I think he has to have been. Hmm. Unless we're supposed to... Assume that because of, like, movie time or whatever, this is actually, like, a 30-minute performance that we are seeing condensed into only two minutes so that we don't have to sit through 30 minutes of performance. Now, the the trash can supports that theory because we didn't see a trash can on the stage in any way, in any place, but there certainly was a trash can with, a, like, a roaring fire kind of deal Yeah, at the end, so maybe... But Maybe we didn't see any kind of cut. I have to. Right. I, I assumed some stagehand brought the trash right. can out, or one of the other two actors ran <laughs> yeah. off stage and grabbed right. it. Yeah, that's it. that's so interesting to me because, like, I guess I had been imagining. Because then, why do you need tickets if it's a two minute thing? Why do you need tickets? Right, and like, what kind of like you're? I mean, even if Mitch is like the owner of the jester, right. Like, you're not, the jester's not making any, like, what are they getting out of I presume, this? I presume bar, bar money. Like Yeah, but like for drink. only two minutes, they're not making well, right. anything. Right, no, fair, fair point. That, that now, gives everybody a chance to get one drink. What does, um, what happens, how does the scene end? Like, at the end of this actual scene. Do you the remember? Ac- um... Because if it I, ends with I feel him... Like, I feel like we see him ending his performance and the audience applauding 
and then we cut to them standing outside. Right? I think okay, that's where that's where the rest. Of, I think that Mitch's thing was the opening. I think Mitch Mitch opened. Then it was sort of like open mic night. Oh, so first okay. up we have we have Zach. Then after that we have the charming black couple is going to do some like weird and wild crazy crap that like defies all that they look like and then the freak that's, with no hair will sing a gentle song like right that's yeah. really interesting if this is more of an if this is an open mic night situation that yeah. starts with Mitch yeah with like his whole scripted thing that has like costumes and other actors and props right and then the, and and then every, everybody who is involved in that just gets to take the rest of the night off yeah, but this the, is just the beginning of the evening. The um, do you, Kevin told me about uh, this movie that I watched about the CBGBs that starred Alan Rickman. Do you remember? When, okay, um, no. That Alan Rickman played this like American Jewish guy in this movie very well. I mean, it was a very well, good good performance. He was like, I don't like rock and roll necessarily. CB sorry, CBGB is a rock and roll uh, club yeah, yeah. in New York. Okay, yeah. Um, he I know actually, that from Rent. There you go. And CBGB stands for, of course, Country, Bluegrass, and Blues. Okay. Because he had different thoughts about what kind of bands would play and not how the punk scene would start in CBGBs, and that would be what it would be renowned for. Got it. Okay. Um, And so he is, like, not into it. Like, he likes the money he makes. He is fine managing one of the bands or whatever, but it's not like he's like, yeah, punk rock. Ugh. I like to think of the jester the guy that owns the jester as this like gruff cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Like, listen, you can use the stage. You have two hours to do your whatever. You can't burn the stage anymore, Mitch. Like <laughs> all this, all these rules, like where he's Put like the fire in a trash can, Mitch. Yeah. I got you the trash can for a reason. I know, Dad. Twist. There's the M. Night Shyamalan twist. There's the M. Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> Morty Jester is Mitch Jester's dad. Um, well, that's headcanon. I mean, that's that's for yeah. sure true in my head right yeah. now. Um, but yeah, like where it's like, whatever. And then Mitch always is like, all right, cool. I get two minutes, more than enough time. Someone <laughs> get me my silver bag. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the stagehands are like, oh, not this one again. Find some new material, Mitch. There's just a whole stack of like boxed silver bags. Just mm-hmm. like <sighs> Yep. So that's that so I think that's where I think that's where we have our, our cut is that it's act one, Mitch, act two, Zach, act three, four, five, six, uh, others. Okay. I like that much better than this being that makes a lot more sense too than Mitch throwing Zach in as like the closing. Right. Because <laughs> Mitch isn't gonna Mitch will either be the first or right. the final. Right. But yeah. if anybody's coming after Mitch, it's because he was the first. Right. Yeah, exactly. For for sure. Mitch always comes first, they they say. Mm-hmm. Um so in the most adorable uh piece of acting I think I've seen from Freddie Prince Jr., he nervously puts his hand in one of his pockets and kind of almost like a 
totem against bad luck or like a fidget spinner, but it's the 90s, mm-hmm. pulls out his hacky sack. Like yeah. it's his comfort item. Yeah. And then he kind of looks at it and considers it. And all of a sudden, President Zach, badass Mamba Jahamba, has an Ugh. idea. I hate it so much. <laughs> that word, not the not not no, his idea. For sure. It was used for cringe purposes only. Uh-huh. Um and so he starts to perform. Yeah. And do cool do sweet tricks with his hacky sack. Yeah. And he starts uh sort of doing some like beat poetry esque hacky sack sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um about more don't com- let it drop. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep it in the air. Like, Everyone's counting on you. I think that this goes back to like Zach's taking in of, of Mitch's performance. I think Zach thought weird and then two was but what if. I don't know that Zach was ready to maybe necessarily perform directly afterwards or at all, but I think that it kind of sparked a little something. Where he's like, all right, well, if I'm going to do performance art, get ready for hacky sack therapy, people. Here we go. Yeah. You know? And um, so I think, you know, fortunately, he's a very skilled, as you said, soccer star and sacker star, as they never call people that like to hacky right. sack. Um, until now. Until but, Until now. now. I coined it. See, yeah. I don't. I, I love Sacker Star. I don't Thank you. know how I feel about him having any inkling of, but what if I did that? Right. I, if, to me, and I could be wrong, but to me, the way this plays is that he gets up on stage and he's like, all right, I guess I got to figure something out. And he yeah. finds the hacky sack and he's like, okay, I mean, I can, I can do I can do hacky sack. Okay. Because I don't think in this minute we get, like, at at, the, at this point, he's just, all of his, like, people are counting on you, don't let it drop, is all ostensibly about the hacky sack. I, right? Yeah, okay. I suppose. I think, I mean. I think and, it's and, the latter half of the performance, which we haven't seen yet, sure. that starts to take on a little more personal meaning when yeah. he starts like not just like okay yeah i can hacky sack in front of these people they're kind of like they're paying attention they're kind of enjoying this yeah. i think it's next week that we're going to see him kind of fi- find himself in this performance mm. i i am i'm totally on board with accidental breakthrough the uh, hacky sack performance art i'm absolutely on board with that too like him okay. not go- him going up there being like this is a fine predicament you've gotten us into, Siler. Time to get us out of it. What do we have? Let's let's search our pockets. What do we have? What can we work right. with? Um, right. And then, oops, I broke through. I want to be in the play kind of deal. Yeah. Um, oh, no. I'm suddenly in Dead Poet Society. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's the oh. twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Captain, my Captain, Dean. Um, no, Dean sucks. Dean does um, suck. But wasn't Dean the name of a character in Dead Poet Society too? I don't think so. Oh man, such a it's such a prep school name. It is. Um, so, uh, I let me see. Let me look at my notes because, oh, oh, okay. There's a there's another hero in this minute. Okay. 
Let's talk for a second about the hero that decided music and lights were a thing that were going to happen with Zack's performance. Yes. Someone is an angel or an empathetic techie, which I'm not going to say is generally a contradiction in terms, but someone up there was thinking of how this performance was going and correctly decided, let's bring up the music a little bit and have some spinny lights behind him. To really uh, lend it that, like, this is for real air. It's not just a dude getting punked because he's a, look at what a square he is. Yeah. <laughs> Being popular, that's so lame. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, when that turned on, I was like, okay, this is going, this is going to go okay. Like, yeah. I mean, like, at the very least... Like, someone plugged in his guitar. Like, it, it's... Right. <laughs> like, he's not just completely falling on his face because tech didn't... So, like, it, you know, that one, the Degas et moi, where the, they didn't turn up the lights. And yeah. so everything that we were doing on stage was, was completely moot because they didn't let us run our own light board. Right. That kind of thing, but the opposite, where it's not the bad thing, it's the good thing. Right. Um, Zach, Zach didn't know his first line, so somebody else was like, okay, well, let's pull up the lights and see if that jogs his memory. Exactly, exactly. God, yeah. But, like, I mm, I, I liked it a lot. Um, and I said, haha, Lainey's plan is backfiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, if there isn't a zoom in on Lainey realizing that maybe she underestimated Zach after all in minute 26, then someone has made a film wrong. Yes. Um. And then I said, this is a big win for Zach. I keep, my problem is that I keep forgetting about the bet element. <laughs> yeah, because we haven't really heard much about it at this point. Right. We heard right. the making of the bet, but we don't right. know the terms. Right. We haven't seen Dean since that moment. Right. Yeah. The other thing is, Zach's si- Mackenzie Siler would be not out of place at the gesture at all. I Zach deals with freaks all the time. Yeah. I have to imagine. I just I I just thought of that angle that he he's just a chameleon. He's a social chameleon. That's yeah. that's honestly probably why he's president is because he can appeal to the theater kids and the preppy jerks and Dulé Hill and you know the wrestling team equally because he can put on different performances. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was this was Laney stereotyping. Yeah. In fact, Laney has done two stereotypes so far where it's yeah. like I'm I mean, not here honestly, to tutor you. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, Laney is the one who's not looking so great at this point yeah, in the movie. For sure. For sure. And and not just because from like a you know, oh, we should be feeling bad for Zach in this moment cuz he's being punked. Like there right. is an element of that, but also he's like, "Oh, you're going to punk me?" All yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's do this punked thing. Yeah. I and can... he just like leans into it and I love yeah. it. Ugh. An episode of punked where somehow the person yes ands into Ashton getting punked. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would love that. <laughs> that would be fantastic. And it's Mila Kunis. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> I just imagine that's just how their marriage is. That's just, yeah, that's just every day. <laughs> that's just every day. Oh man. Ugh, what a, what a, what a. Like he preps the coffee, but with like orange juice instead of water. And so it brews this gross pot of like orange juice coffee and she just drinks it. 
because that because that turns out to be a Russian delicacy that she grew up with. Or like, just because she knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of telling him this is gross. <laughs> I want to see this movie. She's like, like I'm she's like, I'm just going to drink this and pretend like this is completely normal coffee. <laughs> so it's 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 not it's yes ending in a way that's no budding. Right. Which is kind of fun. And also she will then serve him a cup of the coffee. <laughs> yeah. And when he refuses to drink it, be like, why aren't you drinking your coffee? Yeah, and then when he refuses to drink it, she'll crash his credit score, and it's just like, mm-hmm. got you. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I can, I, I also, I keep, I'm taking this way too far, but I imagine that mm. Ashton Kutcher takes creamer in his coffee, and when you add that mm. to coffee made with orange juice, you know what happens Oof. is it curdles. Yeah. Ashton, I fixed your coffee just the way you like it. Don't Why drink it without looking. It? <laughs> Why aren't you drinking your coffee, honey? Don't you love As me? she sips hers black because that's how she takes her coffee. Did she, you say, don't she, you love me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I like to think that, that Mila Kunis would Vizzini him and make the coffee in both mugs the same. It's just that she's developed an immunity to creamer and coffee and orange juice brewed in the same thing over the years. She, she just started training upon yeah. uh, the minute he proposed. <laughs> Look at Mila Kunis and tell me she's not doing about four long cons as we speak. Oh, I'm sure like. she is. <laughs> okay. I mean, her so, first long con was getting on that 70s show yeah. by lying about her age without lying. So What a, what a semantic-filled, glorious thing that is. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I will be 18. Yeah. In three years. <laughs> God, I love it. So good. Um, so now we that brings us to the question that I had that sent me on my trivia uh, spiral, which is, do you think Freddie Prince Jr. was doing this? Yes. Okay. Aaron has her, uh, has her answer in. Now I'm going to give you your options. Here's your choose your own adventure. Would you like the rest of my trivia and then the answer or the answer and then the rest of my trivia? The answer and then the rest of the trivia. All right. So this is from an article uh, from Us Magazine in April tw- April 2020 by Stephanie Weber. Um, the title of the article I didn't copy, but that's okay because it's a spoiler. So here we go. Freddie Prince Jr. played the high school student in 1999's She's All That. The romantic comedy had several memorable scenes, including when his character tried to impress awkward outcast Lainey Boggs with his hacky sacks, hacky sack with his hacky sack skills. That's not at all what's happening in this scene, but okay. Nope. Uh, there keeps being summaries of stuff on the Marvel Wikipedia thing that I'm watching, that I'm keeping track of while I do my, my project, mm-hmm. that I'm like, that's not, that's not their motivation, that's not what happened, and that wasn't the result. But okay, I guess those are the images that were on the screen, I suppose. Yeah. <sighs> And then there was one where I'm like, a British person clearly wrote this and doesn't know what basketball is. Because like, it was like, a, he got, the guy got fouled and had to take a foul shot. And the, the synopsis was, the ref forces him to sh- take the shot again. I'm like, that's not, I mean, ta- that's not what that is. Like, forces yeah. him to take the shot again. Go back to London. Anyways. <laughs> It turns out, however, that a world champion hacky sacker did most of the routine. What? That's not me hacky sacking. I suck at hacky sack. I can't do it, Prince Jr. 44 exclusively tells Us Weekly. Only the first three kicks are mine. I think the furthest I got in the sequence was four, and that's a reach. 
It was probably it was probably three. And they asked me if I knew how to do it. I was like, no, I can't. I can't hacky sack. You have to get a double. <laughs> Which is <laughs> like, you know, some actors lie. Yes, uh-huh. I can do that. Freddie Prince Jr. is like, I seriously cannot. Please do, do not, not make me do this. <laughs> we will be filming forever if you make uh-huh. me do this. That's really kind of disappointing, though. Well, check this out. They refer to him as the Star Wars Rebels actor because I think he did a voice in Star Wars Rebels, a cartoon on Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. uh, Was told that the professional looked, quote, just like him, but that that didn't turn out to be the case. Um, I meet this guy. He's like six foot six. I'm six foot one. I'm tall, but not that tall. I'm like, yo, what? This guy's all legs, man. I'm all waist. Like, what are you talking about? I love Freddie Prince Jr. through, oh God. And they go, we'll just use it for the close-ups, he explains. So he goes in and he kills it. The guy's amazing. And they limited what he could do. He could have done way more sick tricks than what they had him do. They just wanted a simpler, more creepy, inward kind of performance than like an outward sort of extroverted performance, right? Because the guy is supposed to be nervous. So they don't use, they don't just use him and his feet on close-ups. If you watch the scene again, you'll see a couple of cuts where I just grow exponentially upwards and become this giant in pants that don't fit. Yeah. They didn't make corduroys for guys that tall in the 90s. I love Freddie Prince Jr. And that's based strictly just based on that interview right there. Yeah, I want to <laughs> hang out with him. It seems like it would be a blast. I mean, ditto Sarah Michelle Gellar. I would yeah. be fine hanging out with the with that couple. That would yeah. be fun. And Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. And Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard. I'd uh-huh. be fine. You know, if if they're all meeting together and they want to toss us an invite, I'm not going to say no. No. Thing. I mean, um, I will I will make some adjustments to my calendar, I guess. I'll hem and haw, see if they can work a negotiation of a date just to try and, you know, throw some power around. But yeah. mo- ultimately, I will say yes. That's, yes, that's exactly. So not him hacky sacking. And please, I'm going to, the second half, I'm going to watch looking for gigantic growths of Zach. And uh, I did not see any in this one. I didn't. In this minute. Did you re- Did you watch it? No. Looking for that? Okay. I did not. So that means nothing that I didn't see any. But <laughs> the thing is, I didn't know to look for them. So it, right. it's it's impe- unimpeachable. Um, the last couple of bits of trivia that I found. Um, Rachel Lee Cook's character's name, Lainey Boggs, is a combination of the names of two characters played by Winona Ryder. Kim Boggs in Edward Scissorhands and Le- Leilana Lainey Pierce in Reality Bites. Oh, maybe okay. that's why I had Re- Reality Bites on my head. Um Quick this question, in, real fast. Do you, do we want to save these bits of trivia for future short episodes? There, these were just things that were relevant to what we've seen so far. Okay. Um, there's more. Oh, I want to okay. keep. Okay. I did a bad job of keeping track of the trivia in Can't Really Wait, and there was some good stuff there. Okay. I'm gonna try and do a better job. He said, knowing that <laughs> we'd see if that would happen or not. Okay. Um. So. Uh. This is an apparent nod to Cook's and Ryder's physical resemblance, which I'm like, I guess. Yeah, kind of. They are small, brown-haired, palish, white American women. Yeah. Like, if you you cast the two of them as sisters, I'd be like, eh, that's a stretch. Yeah. like Cousins, Cousins maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, The title of this episode, Cousins, Maybe. Um... The, the, now, this was the most surprising piece of trivia that I 
need, I would need confirmed if we were going any, if we were any more popular, I would have to actually fact check this because this feels like someone was just like, hey, did you notice this? But here we go. The film contains several hidden references to the pop group Hanson. Aside from the photograph during Taylor's campaign, the two main characters are named Taylor and Zach. Two of the members of Hanson. Sure. Mackenzie and Jesse, two minor characters, were younger members of the Hanson family. Okay. That's 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 all their evidence is name coincidence. I do feel that Taylor and Zach being, you know, a couple in this is fairly compelling. I'm not willing to completely say that this myth was proven correct. Um, I'm not, but. I am not willing to say that any of that is Hanson references so much as, hey, there are a couple coincidences. I mean, Hanson is probably as old as these child as these kids. Yeah. In fact, there was a time when uh, Taylor Hanson is exactly as old as Kristen was born. On, they were born on the same day. Okay. So Taylor Hanson was our age, which is a year younger than these people. And Zach is like two years younger than him. Okay. So that means that um, Isaac is Isaac and Zach is such a weird thing to name two of your children. Yeah. Anyways, um, he was like two years older than Taylor, so that means it could just be a generational. We use the words Taylor and Zach and Mackenzie and Jesse. Yeah. I would need someone like the writer or M Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. The twist is that there's a Hanson ref. Sure. That's all he contributed. Yep. It was just a, a scrap of paper that he wrote Hanson ref and left. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then, but otherwise, this feels like a coincidence. Yeah. However, I love it. I love that someone was like, got it. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so that is my, uh, that, well, uh, thank you for another episode of Specious Trivia. Um, may or may not be true, <laughs> e- easily myth-busted trivia with, uh, with James and Aaron. Yes. Um, that's all that I got, though. All right. Well, then let me tell you, the listener, not James. I mean, James, you can listen too, but you already Great. know all this information about our social media. We are on Twitter as a podcast franchise at JE underscore Minute Movies. Individually, I can be found at Unabashedly Aaron. And I can be found at Unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network. We have a Patreon through the network at patreon.com slash the scavengers network, where for $2 a month, you can get access to all sorts of great bonus content, not just audio. There is also written stuff. There is video stuff. There is quite the treasure trove on the Patreon, and you can get it for the low, low price of $2. Mm-hmm. So consider doing that. What is... What a steal. What a steal. Pay right. tree on. Pay, Pay tree, tree on. on. Pay tree on. <laughs> Gotta support it. $2 a month. Don't let the pledge drop. <laughs> we need to end this. <laughs> Be silent. Be still. Be silent. Be still.
The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.